the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy pre-Valentine's Day to you. Fight the power that is the marketing machine of Valentine's Day, uh, E.E. Hallmark. Just don't do it, guys. Just don't do it. Tell her I put a nice deposit into our nest egg, because I love you. And I want our nest egg to be like our love nest. Don't do the roses, don't do the flowers. Flowers that die. Whoever came up with that as a angle of love. That's a racket. Anyhow and anyway, um, snow is hitting the, uh, the East Coast aggressively. There's some crazy photos. I own a rental property uh, in North Carolina. And there's an image that was sent out on Twitter of a car on fire in the snow. Uh, there was just some crazy snow photos that are coming out of the East Coast. And I kind of dig it, and I kind of love it. Um, it's Mother Nature is a BIT. You know what I'm saying here. Um, but it's going to really, really mess with our economy. This has been the winter of discontent, of snow pounding, snow pounding, ice, cold, Arctic blast, drought. So I don't think we're going to have a normal first quarter. I don't think it's going to smooth itself out because it's been month after month. With that said, might be some weakness. Might be an opportunity if you believe in the underlying trends. Okay, so that's the big picture setup. Things could get a little bit sloppy like the weather got sloppy. Um... Other stories of note on the bigger picture. China's targeting 7.5%, 7.5% export growth in 2014. They had 7.9% in 2013. So these are the best of days for China. We would dream. We would need a diaper if we got that kind of growth in the United States. That would be excitable. Strings of the yen against the dollar today. Looming power struggle in the Italian government. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, George. Do we need a Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, Spain issue cropping up again? Some worldwide profit-taking after a nice little run. Cisco beat by a penny, but reported a declining product gross margins. Cisco's quarter wasn't good. If they didn't have John Chambers telling you it, wasn't, it was a great quarter, you would be like, that's not a good quarter. Whole Foods missed, but they still said things look good. Now, what's interesting about Whole Foods is they were the organic 
supermarket. And then Sprouts came in. Fresh Market came in. More and more people are starting to figure out, you know, let's push this. Push it. Push it real good. Phrasing? MetLife, um, better. CBS, good. PepsiCo, pretty good. Applied Materials, solid. Any good news on that Comcast Time Warner angle? This is fascinating. Seriously. Here are two companies that are legacy players in cable television, right? Cable modems, phone services. They don't have a lot of overlap. They open the door into new markets for each other. It's a deal that should get through. Um, it's a deal that five years ago would say, no way. ABC, NBC, CBS uh, do not want this deal to go. Well, I guess NBC does because it's Comcast. Um, but you get the idea that ESPN won't be able to jack prices because Comcast will have basically every cable subscriber in the nation, and they'll basically say, you really want to take ESPN from all of our subscribers? I'm going to put out a press release to make you look bad. So it's interesting, and I'll, I'll tell you why it's interesting. YouTube. Netflix. We're not consuming media the way we used to. And the idea that CBS will pay $5 billion for the NCAAs. Um, all they get, CBS does, all they get is the United States for that, right? YouTube could buy the NCAA tournament. They could do the same exact thing. And it's worldwide. And it's worldwide. So the ABCs, NBC, CBSs of the world who've built these franchises on licenses from the FCC, they're going to fight this tooth and nail um, because they see their business changing aggressively. Aggressively. Um, so it, it, I think it'll be fun to watch. Netflix, for the record, they're going to add some new episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, the final season of the animated series that hit Netflix streaming. That's something kind of interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because there's so, so many TV shows like uh, The Wire that a lot of people didn't see. And I think there was nine seasons of The Wire. There might have been seven, but um, HBO. And there they are on Netflix. And if you ever want to watch them all, boom, you sit down watch a season on a weekend. That binge angle. I've heard nothing but good things about the Clone Wars. Now, again, I'm not a big cartoon guy, and I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Um, little... Oh, I'm sorry, Chewie. I didn't... No, I, I, I love Chewbacca. <laughs> not a big fan of the Ewoks. Ewoks, I think, were a step backwards. Ewoks were a, a calculated mistake, in my opinion. Anyway, um... Chewie, do you forgive me? I love you, too. I hope you'll be my valentine. Soda and snack maker PepsiCo. They said today that fourth quarter income climbed 5%, helped by higher prices and improved volumes. Does that not sound like the biggest blah, 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 blah story? When you look at PepsiCo... 
And uh, I don't think we're there yet, but we're pretty close. I think, yeah, I do actually think we're there yet now. I remember last year taking a Diet Coke into a, into a meeting, and I was looked at like, you're not going to drink that, are you? You're not going to smoke that. Like, it was a pack of cigarettes, but it wasn't a pack of cigarettes. So when you talk PepsiCo, you're instantly freaked out like, ooh, ooh. But keep in mind, PepsiCo is an international company. They are Gatorade. They are Quaker Oats. They are other products. They are water. They are orange juice. So basically, liquids that we consume and foods that we eat, um, snacks that we eat, Doritos. They reported a 2% decline in revenue in North America. Um, bad currency translation, so they say. Mm, they always seem to play a little bit of second fiddle to Coca-Cola. Um, in perception, if not in reality as well. In Asia, the Middle East, and Africa, quarterly revenue dipped 1%. So they said we're raising our dividend 15%. And that's the good news. The bad news is it didn't come from a lot of revenue and earnings growth. Oh, and back to back to life, back to reality. Back. Does anyone want me to tell you the Team USA story? Here's something I hate about Yahoo. You open up Yahoo and it tells you who won the game. Does anyone care how we did against Slovakia in international men's hockey? Um, okay, so the one sentence that everyone at Time Warner Cable and Comcast should fear. The transaction will generate approximately $1.5 billion in operating efficiencies, i.e., we're going to fire a lot of people. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Some crazy stories coming out of Sochi, the Olympics. Here's one that I like. 23-year-old speed skater gives his Olympic spot to his friend and teammate who fell in the qualifiers. So basically, this guy was, is really, really good at the 500 meters. There's a guy who's really, really good at the 1,000 meters. So the guy who's really, really good at the 1,000 meters fell in the qualifiers. And selflessly, uh, the 500-meter guy gave a spot to the, the favorite. I like that. An American silver medalist is adopting a, a family of stray dogs he found in Sochi. Um, again, animals are pretty innocent. Anyone who does anything evil to animals or to children, basically, I'm not, I'm not going to hope for anything positive to ever happen to you. I think that one of the best stories, a skier loses his pants on a fall in the slope-style course. That's cute, right? Right? Um, one of the women's cross-country skiers competed in a tank top. Cross-country skiing, because it's so hot and so she was 65 degrees yesterday. And cross-country skiing, when you're done, you basically collapse. It is exhausting. And the final one that I can't wait to watch, and I hope this doesn't end badly... But a Sochi track, rec- track worker was struck by a bobsled today. Can you imagine 
Those things are, are hustling down the track, 90 miles an hour, 400 pounds. Ends with a broken leg and a possible concussion. And somehow I get the feeling NBC's going to show it to us again and again and again and again in painful slow motion. I might be wrong on that, but I doubt it. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers today. We have the SP500 down 1, the Dow down 15, the NASDAQ up 7. Joining me now on Rob Black and Your Money, CFP Chad Burton. He is a financial planner. You've heard him here through the years. He's excellent at what he does. Chad, let's talk about um, you know, tax-efficient investing. It's This has got to be a boring topic for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a boring topic, but really why it should be kind of in your forefront is you start accumulating assets, especially once you get past the idea of, you know, I'm maxing out my 401k, now what? Right. The average investor that has money outside of their 401k, loses 15 to 30% of the return each year in taxes. So if your average is 10, you might be down at all the way down at 7% as your after-tax equivalent return. Because of if capital gains taxes, Capital income. gains taxes, income, it's really putting the wrong assets in the wrong place. So okay. you've got to first sit down and do your asset allocation, which determines how much you have in large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, you know, emerging markets, commodities, bonds, REITs, things like that. And then you've got different areas on where you can put those assets. You've got your 401k, you've got your taxable accounts, you've got your Roth IRA. So you've got to determine which assets are the best. So, you know, long story short, if, if you're living off of your portfolio, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're building the wealth, that's when it really matters because you don't, you, don't you don't want to pay taxes on income that you're not using right now, right? Sure. Okay. So if you're trying to build a portfolio and you've determined your asset allocation, let's start with what should go in your taxable accounts. Okay. Okay. If you're the person that likes mutual funds, managed mutual funds, and ETFs, then what should go in your taxable accounts would be more of your large-cap-oriented ETFs or total stock market return types of funds, index funds, and mid-cap can be in there as well. But where you're going to concentrate on your small-cap emerging markets and sometimes international holdings, and especially REITs and bonds, would be in your 401k, which means that your 401k is going to be slightly more conservative because of the bond allocation than your taxable accounts. But that's okay because bonds pay interest. And if you're working, you don't need the income. You want the interest to accumulate tax-deferred inside your retirement accounts. A lot of people, you know, they start getting into the nitty-gritty. And the nitty-gritty here, Chad, could be like tech stocks, i.e. growth stocks, Mm -hmm. where you might sell it after it's doubled or tripled or done, you know, whatever dream that you wanted it to do. You don't want to be a, create a taxable event, so you'd throw that in a 403B or, ta- you know, a, a tax-efficient vehicle. But ultimately, if you're up 100%, do you really care? Like, why not pay some taxes? Or am, am I, at this point in time, just being stupid? No, I mean, you're still enjoying right now. We're enjoying the lowest tax structure that I've seen in the 19-plus years that I've been in the business. I mean, when I got in the business, capital gains were 27%. 2012, they're 15%. 2013, they go up to 20%, if not higher. It's, that's, the dividend in capital gains tax is the, the taxes that are really under, going to be under attack, which means this is all the more reason for it. For example, small-cap funds, the successful ones, they have turnover ratios of over 100%, meaning very seldom does the stock stay in the portfolio for the full year. So you have a trading event or a taxable event. So you can look at a fund. You can go to Morningstar.com, and you can look at the potential capital gains exposure. In other words, are there a lot of stocks in there that if they sell them after you buy, are you going to inherit a capital gains problem? Um, Or turnover ratios. So again, the higher turnover ratio funds, the higher dividend-paying funds, those go in your retirement accounts. Whereas the stuff that you go for the long run on, you know, three to five year types of holds, large cap, mid cap, 
that goes in your taxable account. So there's a little bit of a science to it, but let's talk about the losses because that's also part of tax efficient, not just the gains you don't want to pay tax on, but you can actually harvest losses. And I, I love that phrase, harvest, because it sounds ghoulish. But uh, it's kind of a let's talk harvesting losses. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's super important because most people when they get into retirement they end up with real estate, business, stocks, all of which if they sell, you pay capital gains. So, you know people go through a big correction like in the 2000s or the 2007 they accumulate losses and they forget about accumulating even more. You can build up a, a bank account essentially with the IRS. So every year. Um, at least in around you know August September is when I like to do it. Is you go through your portfolio and say, have I bought anything that is showing a loss in my taxable accounts? And if it is, what I typically do is I'll sell it and I'll buy an index fund that matches it or an ETF that matches it for 30, 31 days, and then I'll turn around and buy the stock back if I like it or the fund back if I like it. That way, I've harvested a loss with the IRS. You can use three thousand a year against your ordinary income if you don't have any losses or gains this year to offset. Those losses get carried forward indefinitely until you need them, and you're going to need them someday. So harvest those. It's a bank account with the IRS, um, and even people that bought variable annuities and taxable accounts, and you know maybe at the height of 2000 or at the height in 2007, there's ways to even write off some of those losses as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. So really talk to your CPAs about getting out of those bad deals if if you're that type of an investor. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So yesterday I was on the treadmill when news hit that Derek Jeter was retiring from baseball at the end of this year. And instantly I got on Ticketmaster to see if I can get tickets to the final game, see what the prices were. Not because I wanted them, but because I thought they were going to be a good investment. Derek Jeter's decision to retire sent the farewell ticket prices up tenfold in under two hours. He's a 13-time All-Star. This year, the 20th will be his last as a Major League Baseball baller, so to speak. The last game is going to be played in New York against the Baltimore Oils on September 25th. Up 164%, $804 for the tickets. Cheapest ticket surged tenfold to $280. I don't know if you ever think that way, but it's always interesting. If you're Rob Black, you can find me online at robblack.com. I've got a big event coming up in Pleasanton. Learn more at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. We're doing a little classic rock throwback music today. I wonder what that's going to mean in years to come as things change constantly. Joining me now, the streets market analyst, Deborah Borchart. Deborah, how are you today? I'm good. Watching the snowfall. 
Oh, yeah, you're in New York, huh? Oh, yeah, it's coming down pretty hard and fast up here. 65 and sunny today in San Francisco. <laughs> but we I got think a we drought. Got the precipitation that you need. Exactly. Uh, let's talk tax time. It's that time of year. It's that time of season, so to speak. Um, what are we looking at for that households should be planning for? You know, there are a lot of things that are changing with the taxes. And as you just mentioned, you know, things are always changing. And so we do have some changes coming up this year. And some are actually kind of good because we have the personal exemption amount was increased to $3,900. And so that's kind of nice. You've got that to help pull down the amount of taxes you're paying. So it's really directed towards the middle-income family. And if your adjusted gross income is less than $150, you'll enjoy this exemption of $3,900. If it's more than that, then this number is reduced a bit. So getting into tax time, um, households, will they owe more this year or less this year? You know, what's going to happen is uh, different things. So what we're also seeing is that the total refunds are going to be down this year. So that's unfortunate. Um, average tax refund is going to be about $2,600. That's down 2% from 2012. In some cases, uh, people will pay more, but they've also made some things uh, a little easier on people, such as the home office deduction. Um, in the past, I'm sure a lot of people didn't take this home office deduction because it was so complicated and you had to figure out your square footage in your house to use for your office, and then you had to calculate a ratio from your home heating bill and your internet bill, your phone bill, your insurance. I mean, it went on and on. It was very complicated. Well, now they have a version called the safe harbor method. And all you have to do is multiply that square footage times $5, and you can take that deduction up to 1500 So if you're, if you're working out of your house, you know, one, even two days a week, you can start to use this deduction. It's very easy. So in that way, you can bring down your tax bill because you can take advantage of this. Very cool. You just saved me a little bit of money. Let's talk well, you know, tax- so many people work from their home now, and it used to not be that way. And so when you file this home office deduction, it sent up red flags, and a lot of people didn't want to do it because they didn't want to attract unwanted attention from the IRS. Well, now the IRS says, you know what, everybody's doing it. Everybody's working from home. Um, it, telecommuting is so common that now when you do this, it is not a red flag anymore, and they just kind of go ho-hum and move on. So it's definitely something people should look at. Any tax breaks that are to be taken advantage of for 2013 before they go away forever? Yes. um, This is the last year for the home efficiency uh, tax break. That started in 2008 and it gave you up to $500 of a tax credit, and that goes away this year. And you can only take this once. So if you haven't taken it yet, here's your last year to do so. And you can include just about anything that improves your home's energy efficiency. You can, um, if you bought a tube of caulk to seal your windows, if you wrapped your pipes, if you're, you know, in the south or the northeast and you had to wrap your pipes because of the freezing weather, that insulation can be counted. Um, more energy-efficient light bulbs, that can be counted. So look at your Home Depot bill or your, your uh, local hardware bill. See where you spent any money if you haven't already taken this $500 tax credit and definitely take advantage of this. Let's talk a little same-sex marriage and filing of taxes. 
seems complicated because different states recognize some do, some don't. What do we need to know on same-sex marriage? Well, here's the thing. The IRS looks at where you were married. This is what they look at for the federal level. So it doesn't matter where you live. And my example is if you live in Texas, but you went up to New York and got married, which is which approves uh, same-sex union, the IRS says, you know what, you're married. I don't care if you live in Texas, it doesn't recognize it. The fact that you went to New York and did it, that means we see you as married. And they kind of uh, address this the same way as a foreign country. So for people that go off to Jamaica and get married, they say, you know what, you got married in Jamaica, not America, we still see you as married. Very intriguing, because... Uh... Taxes aren't easy. They're pretty intimidating, and uh, it, it's it's you're making it nice and simple. Is the IRS getting nicer and simpler? Like the home exemption rule seems nicer and simpler. The same-sex marriage seems nicer and simpler. I think they're just trying to really yes. I think they are trying to make it easier for people to understand. And I agree with you. It's so complicated. Um, it, it just goes on for pages and pages. And I do think in some of these areas they are trying to make it a little easier for people to just understand because I think a lot of people are, or want, you know, we most people want to pay their taxes. Most people want to do it right, and most people don't want to take shortcuts. But it's hard to do this when it's so complicated. And there are lots of software programs out there to help people, um, but a lot of people still just, you know, do it on their own and, and get the pencil and paper out and, and really do it themselves. And so these are just some of those things that are kind of applicable to a lot of us. Um, you know, I heard your your last guest talking about tax loss harvesting on, on Fox, and, and that's only a certain crowd. But, sure. again, so many of us, you know, will work from home, you know, maybe one day a week, or we'll work from home on occasion, or we'll work on the road, and um, you can take those those deductions and, and the same thing with the the energy tax efficiency stuff um, we all tend to wrap our pipes or buy these new light bulbs or go out and get a new energy efficient air conditioner you know all of those things can be used here and it's hard to really know about these things because there are so many tax laws i've got a system that's pretty insane but it works for me it's a cardboard box called taxes and Anytime I do anything charitable, anytime I buy anything, I just throw it in. All my receipts go into a box and go to my accountant, and uh, he kind of figures it all out for me, which kind of works for me, but <laughs> it's probably not the uh, simplest system for him. Um, speaking with Deborah Porchart, the streets market analyst, uh, Obamacare, we know that it's kind of coming in phases. What phase do we need to know about for 2013? Well, 2013 is not affected by Obamacare, and even though it's been talked about, so much, it won't affect your taxes that you're filing right now. What will happen is the decisions you make this year, that's going to play a role in your 2014 return. So if you choose not to get the insurance and you choose to pay the penalty, that decision you're making this year, that'll affect your taxes when you file next year. So it's really important to kind of go and talk to a professional or, you know, do your research online and and make the right decision this year, because it will come back to get you next year. Um, Deborah, you worked at Bear Stearns for 14, 15 years before becoming media-oriented with Street. What was that experience like, making that transition from Wall Street to media? 
You know, I, I loved working in the securities business. I did it for many, many years. Um, and I did it because I loved the market. I loved stocks. I loved, uh, I loved the whole idea of capitalism and, and good stocks, bad stocks, and good companies and bad companies. And I just ate it up. I just found it really interesting and fascinating. And I have to say, when um, Elliot Spitzer got involved and made his changes with what research analysts could talk about, and who they could talk about it. The problem was what it what it ended up doing. While there were very lofty goals in order to make sure that there was um, equal information being parsed about, it kind of hand tied the analysts. So they they tended to not give as good of information out. And I felt like at that point um, it became I want to say less fun. The, the market became less fun. And it became uh, more difficult because we weren't able to get as much information from the analysts as we wanted. Um, so at that point, um, you know, again, like I said, I, I love talking about the market and I love being involved in it. Being in it was not nearly as much fun as being on the outside in journalism and talking about it. Um, you know, it's it's been a very difficult uh, several years for the financial industry, and it's cut back considerably. I know many, many people that have been laid off, and um, many of them haven't gotten jobs again. And so you've seen that whole business contract considerably, and, and I think you're going to continue seeing that. And so we're really seeing, it, in, in my opinion, a whole uh, a huge shift in our marketplace with seeing the banks and the financial industries contract in the way they're contracting, because I don't think they're going to come back in a big way. I think you're really going to see this contraction take place and stay. Thanks for joining us. It's Deborah Borchart. You can find her at The Street, The Street's Markets Analyst. I threw in that question about Bear Stearns because she's got this crazy background of financials. And jumping into media is, I think, and and it's going to sound self-serving, I think she helps a lot of people. Uh, because she gets the financial angle that we are all cruising towards retirement, and she can put it into perspective. So it's Deborah Borchart with TheStreet.com, Markets Analyst, Tax Time. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money, you can find me online at robblack.com. Stocks are fluctuating as investors assess an unexpected drop in retail sales from Anger, this milestone, shiny metallic purple armor, green jealousy in the waits behind her, the fiery green down snares at the grassy ground. Who are the life giving waters taken for granted? They quietly understand. What's happening to a toy storm is they already But wonder why the price is on You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Had a little argument with producer number eight. Or is it nine? I don't even remember now. What makes classic music it? Because he played Train going into the last break. I was like, that can't be classic. And his loosey-goosey definition is it's been out for over 20 years. Okay. 
I guess I can go with that. Take a look at stores, 33 stores that JCPenney's is planning to close, which JCPenney's is a tragic story of a retailer who just wasn't ready for the 20, late 20th century, early 21st century, just not there, just missed it. It hasn't been relevant basically, I'd say in 30 years, as far as shopping relevance. Some of the stores are shutting down. Listen to the locations. Marquette, Michigan. Kinston, North Carolina. Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Exton, Pennsylvania. Uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which, that's a city. You make me president, I'm going to change the name of that city. It's F-O-N-D, Fond as in pond with an F. Du, D-U, Lock, L-A-C. And it probably means something sweet, and I'm totally... Okay, Janesville, Wisconsin also. Um, a lot of the cities that I'm looking at, Port Ritchie, Florida, they're not relevant cities. They're small. And that tells you, again, what's, you know, th- that's part of the problem. Um, with the dot-com era, bring down that wall. The phrase that Reagan, you know, coined, per se, uh, it's destroyed barriers to entry. And we're seeing it today in the Comcast deal. But before I get to the Comcast deal, let me do this. Taco Bell's going to let customers order from their cell phones. Yo quiero Taco Bell. How did you do that so fast? I'm in a different location than my producer, and he was able to pull that off. So Chewbacca can go into a Taco Bell now and order with his cell phone. The app allows customers to customize their taco orders. Uh, mobile is a big shift for quality service restaurants. I'm here's where I'm like not quite there because I'm not quite a big shopper of you know food on the go. Starbucks laid the groundwork. McDonald's is testing mobile ordering. Chipotle already offers mobile ordering, and they're aggressively investing in updates to that platform. So Taco Bell, something about <laughs> which, for the record, I don't classify as food. Anything that their meat isn't classified as 100% meat. That's upsetting to me. Um, But there you go. It's part of Yum! Brands. And again, the Internet changed the world. We know this. But we're seeing it today in Comcast. Comcast basically trying to pull a merger that no one would ever have thought possible. $45 billion deal to buy Time Warner Cable. Uh, Combining the two largest cable companies in the United States, number one by number two. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts said he's going to extend his dominance into U.S. cable TV. He trounced John Malone, who you know, is the leader of Charter Communications. They had courted Time Warner. But why go out with the third prettiest sister when you can have the hot leader captain of the, of the cheerleaders? Right? Are you with me? Are you against me? Who wants number three? Who wants number one? Comcast got him, so that's how you do it. Okay, um, retail sales unexpectedly fell four tenths of a percent in January. We're not going to put crazy amounts of weight on this. We want it better. December was revised slightly better. That's good. Some Americans stayed closer to home, limiting trips to car dealerships. Cold weather gripped the nation. 
It's not looking good for consumer spending, and that's a little bit of... Uh, I'm a sad donkey. Retail's not quite doing what I want it to, and it makes me sad. I'm a sad donkey. But surprisingly, Wall Street's higher on this news today. Uh, SP5 went up 2, Dow up 8, NASDAQ up 16. Whole Foods is in a whole lot of trouble. Largest natural goods grocers in the United States. Shares are down 8% today. I think this one's starting to get intriguing. I know you're saying, why? 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 Noin. Noin. Um, Whole Foods basically profit trails expectations. They now have more competition than ever. And again, I'm going to just call this the organic play. You know, whether it's the fresh market, whether it's sprouts, um, sprouts farmers markets, it's the, all of these are like similar kind of names. They've got grocery stores like Kroger, which brings up that great 1980s song. Kroger in, what's your price for flight? Um, in finding Mr. Right. Yeah, so oh, back Robert, in my college... You just killed my favorite song of all time. I know. A Little Night Ranger, Sister Christian. Um, great scene in the movie Boogie Nights. That changed my life. Sometimes when music gets played properly, ooh, it makes a movie. Anyway, Safeway, they're all trying to do more organic. So in the organic investment world, let's start with groceries. There's a lot of competition. Do I like Whole Foods? Yeah. But at a price. Because there's also other ways of playing organics like Chipotle. Um, so there's trends here. Now, Whole Foods, if they were to fall enough, it becomes more attractive. It's an odd concept. What price do you want to pay? Do I think Whole Foods is going to continue to expand and grow? Yeah. Do I think they have some problems with the drought coming up in the United States? Yeah. So is this a thing that they can turn around in one quarter? I don't know. I don't invest for one quarter. Take a break here. Find me online at robblack.com. Big event coming up in Pleasanton. Can't you feel the cold wind howling down blowing my... Hey, it's Flint Lockwood. Need of financial security? Get an expert's perspective. Saturn is an investor. The pinnacle perspective with you. Hey, parents. Helping investors make sense of the markets. It's Ransom Notes. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black. I'm talking money, investing, and more. You can catch me 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Fridays on Business Talk Radio. AM 1220 KDOW. Time to time I sit in for CFP Chad Burton's new focus on wealth. The Lego movie. I do something very different than Chad. Chad is a tactical CFP. He knows the business. Uh, he knows the ins and outs. I'm more of a big picture portfolio, how do we get to retirement trend player. 
So I've got some opinions on Comcast and what it means to the future of investments. I've got Comcast acquiring their competition. Number one buys number two, and Justice Departments tend not to like that. Comcast acquiring Time Warner Cable. Um, I've got some opinions on the Lego movie. But also I have opinions on credit cards and getting cash back. I'll tell you a little bit about that as the show unfolds. The Lego movie. The Lego movie. I can say that one more time. The Lego movie. Um, I'm not a Lego guy. I'm not a train guy. There's a guy in television, George Rask. He is an adult. He is our traffic guy. He told me today that he's been storing his model train collection from childhood, and he's got to be 50. He's been storing it for like 30 years, and he just had to move it from one storage place to another. He's probably paid at least four times as much storing trains. But then he, he, he went on to say, you know, yesterday or this week he had to move them and he threw out his hip or something like that. Neither here nor there. But he said, I set up the trains in my apartment. I'm like, that must get the ladies going. Like, woohoo! I'm the luckiest girl on the planet. My boyfriend's got trains in his living room. Okay, maybe not. Um, so George says he sets up his trains and they, they relax him. And I'm like, that's pretty interesting. Okay. So the, the financial story there is I'm not a trained person. I know you're saying that was a lot of work for that. Yes, I know. But I'm not a Lego person either. But when I saw the previews for Lego, I was like, that's interesting. You know, this is either going to be a heck of a lot of animation, uh, green screen, you know, computer technology, or it's going to be a, a, a project. Now, Hunger Games, I don't know if you remember that movie, Jennifer Lawrence, and she's really, really, really skinny, and she eats a lot, and she shoots people with bows, and she ends up winning, um, but banding all the competitors together. Oops, did I just spoil that? Um it rocked Lionsgate stock. Ticker symbol LGF. There's two more movies coming out, and in about six months we're going to be starting talking about the Mockingjay Part Two. So movies can be a big catalyst to the stock market. Disney's Frozen is still in theaters. It's seen sales explode. Their fourth quarter that Disney reported was a humdinger. Now, AMC's got Mad Men, and that started the stock going. 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 But then they got The Walking Dead. Going. They had Breaking Bad. Now, again, TV's a little different than movies, right? But when I saw Avatar in the movie theater, first and foremost, it was a very awkward experience. I went with two financial experts. And uh, it's just weird looking at another dude with 3D glasses on. It's part of a process that I don't like. And, again, that's why 3D TVs just haven't caught on. It's Can you imagine watching Super Bowl with ten guys and buffalo wings and you're all wearing glasses? Me neither, right? Um, but when I saw that, and James Cameron said there's going to be a Avatar 2, 3, and 4. I was like, IMAX stock is going to do well, because that movie was IMAX. It, it defined the experience that you want it to be. So they're saying that the Lego movie is now going to become a franchise. And you're not exactly looking at, you know, paying Jennifer Lawrence $25 million to be in Lego movie. 
Lego Movie is the second highest grossing advanced ticket seller amongst animated films, behind only Toy Story. Speaking of Rob, Toy Story three. So it beat out Frozen, Monsters University for upfront sales. It's a franchise. Um, it's the best February launch of all time. $83.8 million. Do you know what the second best or the previous best was? Give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. The Passion of Christ. Very interesting. The cast is full of stars voiceovers. It's kid-friendly. Um, so you can see Legos making relationships with restaurants. You know, trying to boost sales. If you go into McDonald's and see a kid's meal... Uh, there's the Lego thing right there in it. Anyway, Time Warner. They're going to get a good chunk of change. And this isn't Time Warner Cable. This is Time Warner. Obviously tied towards Time Warner. So Comcast is buying Time Warner Cable. Different company than the Lego company, right? This is fascinating to me for one reason and one reason alone. What's that reason? Um... For me, it's really telling you that the era of telecommunications has to be recognized as changing. The landscape is not what it used to be. We got to this beautiful, exotic island, and now it's kind of turning into a desert. And this goes back to AT&T spinning off all of the uh, wireless companies, all of the regions, and then the region's starting to see, like, hey, landlines aren't going to cut it anymore. We better get into this wireless technology. And then they all started acquiring each other because of the competition. Comcast buying Time Warner's telling you, like, there is something going on here. If they think they can get this past the Department of Justice or the Justice Department, Department of Justice is probably something where, like, Batman hangs out. I don't know. I'm confused all of a sudden. But, um... Um, this song plays through my head. I walk into rooms, and I go, I'm Batman. <laughs> it's so tough to just to concentrate when this is on. That is a performance killer song. Try to do anything today while playing the song. Maybe hula hooping. Maybe. Okay. So... I was looking at this this deal, and how are they going to get this through? Because, you know, last summer, didn't CBS have a big spat with Dish Networks, and it was withheld, and they, some people lost CBS for a couple of months, and it, it was a problem, right? And I think it, uh, there was a cable company, too, that had a similar spat. I know at times um, I'm a fan of the NHL, National Hockey League. I know sometimes Comcast has had carriage issues with some of the satellite teams, and you can't watch the game. So some of the deals that this is going to tighten um, is why the Department of Justice, Justice Department, is going to have to look at this. Um, In large part, ABC, CBS, NBC, Disney's not going to be able to raise rates on the cable companies like they used to. Now, Disney can say, you know what? Okay, so we're going to get the Super Bowl, and ABC could say that, and we're going to put it on ESPN, and we're going to let YouTube internationally broadcast it on the Internet and stream it to your TV. So, fooey on you. Again, it's the walls coming down angle 
of the Internet. Hey, i got a big event coming up in Pleasanton with CFP Chad Burton. You can find out more information. It's a Thursday evening at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Money issues from all angles. I say this calls. Oh, the time will come up when the winds will stop and the breeze will cease to be breathing. Like the stillness in the wind before the hurricane begins. The hour that the ship comes in. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, I think Justin Bieber's version of this song is way better. Just between you and I. Just between you and I. Derek Jeter made a decision to retire at the end of 2014. And you know how breaking news hits ESPN and you're at the gym and you're kind of doing your thing and... Uh, ticket prices was the first thing I thought, like the farewell tour. Uh, whether it's his last game in Boston or the last game in New York, uh, there's going to be people that will pay ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and again, I don't know. I'm just throwing it up there for you. Final home game is going to be against the Baltimore Orioles, but... Be, I think Boston Angle will be a play, too, don't you? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, whether it be Whole Foods, whether it be the Olympics. Are they underwhelming? Oh, hey, look, there's a phone call. Let's go to Paul. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay at best. I, I think I'm dying. <laughs> if you're doing okay, you're hopefully not dying. I'm probably dying. I think mathematically, I only have so many days left on this planet. But go ahead. Hey, uh, I've got a um, several years ago. I bought some Expedia stock, and it's since at one point they split the shares, gave me half TripAdvisor, and now I got uh, some TripAdvisor shares and some Expedia, which has done really well. But it's bounced around recently. I just wonder what your take is going forward. I mean, I could, I'm in a position where I could, I have harvested losses where I could, you know, take a profit here. But just wanted to hear your thoughts about TripAdvisor going forward. I like TripAdvisor as a service. Um, it's one of the first places I go to when I start thinking vacation. How about you? Uh, you know, I don't travel that much. I'm not really in tune. I mean, I. I tend to use Priceline if I'm going to do something. I highly recommend trying TripAdvisor at some point in time. Um, okay. If you ever have that romantic getaway that you want to do, it has bed and breakfasts. It rates the best of Sonoma, the best of Napa, the best of Healdsburg. Um, so this is an online travel site, obviously what we're talking about, and thanks for the call. Stock has gone from 40 to 90 in the last 52 weeks, so your decision is to sell at an all-time high. That's a good decision. That's a good place to be in. Um, from 2012, the stock's gone from, I think, 25 to where it is, 95. Can it do that going forward? That's the $60,000 question. What's the valuation look like? Let's try to look some of this up and see if we can't work through this. Uh, it helps me to have your 
stock before I go to the call, and I kind of rushed it and blurted it in the call. Um, give me just a second. I'm pulling everything up as we speak. I'm a, fundament, I'm a fundamental guy, so I'm not one of those guys who say, you know, just because, do it. Revenue is up 25% year over year, $212 million. Traffic grew 50% year over year. Most analysts have an outperform or buy on it. Um, better than expected earnings, not by a lot, but by enough. Uh, they're making new highs on a regular basis. You would compare them with the price line, which I think is fair. Um, let's see if there's anything else in here. I see an analyst with an $88 target on it. Uh, they talk about the revenue being up 23% year over year. They talk about the revenue growth. You know what's interesting is I don't have an app for it yet on my phone, and I wonder why. Uh, I did doing researches research it on it. Um, literally, you can do something like spa, and it'll rate the seven or eight spas. Uh, there's some flaws in that, but I could see them being acquired, certainly, down the road. Um, by a bigger player, maybe someone along the lines of, uh, not Groupon, you know, that, that's in the right vein, maybe someone like a Yelp, uh, because their information's a little bit more targeted, maybe someone like a Google or an Apple who wants to fold into their business something that we as Americans do, travel. It's a big part of the online component world, as is restaurants. Um, TripAdvisor also has a flight product, which I've used less. So I'm finding some discord, some dislike of my story here, i.e. they're not the end-all, be-all. Multiple expansion has really benefited them. Uh, now, again, they benefit from what a lot of Web 2.0 companies benefit from, like Facebook, is user-generated content. Now, user-generated content and traffic represent significant competitive barriers, and the platform of TripAdvisor should unlock more value as, you know, again, independent hotels and rentals and restaurants. I recently saw one of the travel sites now starting to put up people's uh, rental properties. So Playa del Carmen from $90 a night, and you're like, how are they doing that? And then you look at it, and it's someone's condo. Uh, and the people that have been there rate it, and you kind of get vested, vetted in that whole process. Uh, give me just a second. I'm almost done talking on TripAdvisor. A uh, couple more things I want to take a look at. International and then some valuations. Let's see. There we go. $13 billion market cap. It's pricey. It's starting to get to the point of a very expensive acquisition. To give you some perspective of, of that concept, Comcast is buying Time Warner cable for $45 billion. That tells me TripAdvisor is pretty pricey. P.E. of 60 times earnings. So in a down market, this is a type of company that's going to get massacred. Um, back in 2012, in the summer months, it once went from 45 down to 30. So you know history says it can have a 30% correction. If that freaks you out, know it, because it's going to happen at some point again. Forward PE of about 30 times earnings, it's pricey. Price to sales ratio of 14, it's pricey. 
Now, again, some of the metrics on growth of revenue were pretty attractive. So you can't really say price to sales is how you want to measure this company until sales you know, get from that great growth phase. Plenty of cash, debt that's not really all that material. Operating cash flow is egregiously good. I'm trying to find negatives. Trying to find negatives other than the valuation. And, you know, maybe that's what it comes down to right there. His valuation might be just a little bit too much. Uh, They were once part of Interactive Corp. Um, Let's see if I can get one last push into some metrics or data for you. Ticker symbol, by the way, is TRIP. Orbits would be a competitor. Priceline would be a competitor. Um, Formerly owned by Expedia. They provide more than 60 million consumer reviews to help customers plan travel. 30 localized versions in France, Germany. Yes, they're they're internationally nice. They have Italy, Spain, China. I would say the valuation is the biggest problem. Execution hasn't been. Look for a correction in a down market. I'm Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Taking a look. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I do the morning show 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Rob Black and Your Money here on KDOW five days a week. I sit in for CFP Chad Burton, New Focus on Wealth, when he's doing business. Um... I don't know. If you want me to sit in for your show, give me a call. I, I, I appear to have time on my hands, which kind of makes me wonder if I should be doing something slightly different. So let's talk. Uh, there's a lot of stories out there today and a lot of you know business angles inside those stories. Um, one of the areas that I find all about wealth creation is sometimes wealth preservation. Now, Chad does wealth preservation in an interesting way as a financial planner. I do wealth creation as a, like, put-together portfolio way. His job is to make sure it lasts until the day you die while taking into account estate planning, taxes, other financial planning issues. One of the areas where I do preserve wealth is I've greatly cut down on my food spoilage. drives me crazy to ever throw away meat that some animal had to die for for me to have. And that's just my social issue, right? Um, buying lunch at work, coffee and snacks every day will make you financially poor. Neglecting to get the best rate. You know, your cable company, Comcast is merging with Time Warner because people are trying to lower their bills. Sometimes they're just going, you know, screw you, Comcast, come get your box. I've cut the cord. I'm going with wireless TV. I'm going with the apps on my television. But you can also go to a website called LowerMyBills.com. 
um, Susie Orman's stupid. And she just says a lot of stupid things. <laughs> I know, Susie. I know. I was going to back off for a couple weeks, but I have to get into this now. So one of the things she says is if you have a credit card debt, you know, pay it off. Ta-da! Like, that's, oh, wait, wait, no, that's not the cue. Um, that's not like genius magic, right? So always pay off your highest interest first. Not uh, the card that's going to make you feel good, like Susie says. Susie says, Susie says, anyone named Susie who spells her name S-U-Z-E, I have a problem with. So she'll say, make yourself feel good and pay off the smallest one. No, 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 pay off the highest interest. Don't make yourself feel good. That's what your spouse is there for. <laughs> feel good coach. Um, neglecting take care of uh, ne- neglecting a 401k match, ignorance. People destroy their own wealth, and it's obvious on some things around them. Carrying a credit card balance, that's okay when you're 18 years old. But when you're 19, not cool. So the average household in America carries a credit card balance of over $7,000. Paying a premium for vacation, if you're going to go to France, don't book it 60 days in advance. Book it 120 days in advance, if you're going to do it. You could save 50, easily 50, to $100 per flight. Plus, if you go and it's not popular to go, you can save another 50 to $100. Um, savings should be your first goal in life, not your last goal. So when I was in college, I knew that 15% of whatever I made was going to go to my retirement. And then I paid for books, and then I paid for beer, then I paid for anything that I needed. But 15% was going to an emergency fund and savings. Savings comes first. It doesn't come last because you will spend everything in your paycheck. Overpaying on entertainment. Uh, I'm so guilty of this in my 20s, and I'm not cheap in my 30s. I'm not. When I do something, I do it well. But there's a lot of free services out there now that can take up some of your, instead of watching the learning channel, you know, and paying a cable package, go to Crackle or YouTube. There's a ton of free movies. There's a ton of free content. Crackle's fantastic if you haven't played with it. Um, Dining out. you got to watch this. The average American spends $2,500. $2,500 dining out. Can you do it, Chad? Oh, killing me. Um, average American spends $2,500 a year dining out. Paying the price for last-minute holiday purchases. Uh, you know how I get away with this one? So instead of destroying all my wealth, I just don't buy people gifts. I've known Chad for 18 years. No, I'm making that up. Maybe 14 years. I'll never buy him a gift. Uh, He got married. He got a bottle of champagne. That's it. Like, I don't buy gifts for people who are in my life who aren't really in my life, if that makes any sense. Um, And I only buy gifts for three people. Um, Forgetting about gift cards. Uh, Every now and then, I like going to Half Moon Bay, and there's a restaurant over there that I frequent. And I, I'll get on Groupon, and like Groupon will do $45 of food for 15 bucks or whatever. I don't get it, and then I'll forget about it. Um, don't forget about the things that you've already paid for. Please. So people make themselves poor, and 
all those things that I just talked about, if you change your behaviors, you'll save a lot more and it'll be easier. One area where this is a little controversial, and Sue Zorman is not going to like this one, credit cards. I do put all of my spending, and I mean all of my spending, on a credit card. (laughs) I know, I just made Sue Zorman all upset and angry at me. But that's because she has diverticulitis, and not because I said anything controversial. Um, so I don't mind saying that out loud, but I pay off my card every month. And there's some classic credit cards out there that have great cash rewards. Um, if you own a business, clearly take advantage of what American Express does. But there's a website called Next Advisor, nextadvisor.com. And they basically go over analysis of 25 different categories. If you buy a lot from Amazon, for instance, get an Amazon card that pays you 3% back. Now, I don't like the Amazon deal for gas. I don't like the Amazon deal for other things. But if you're going to buy it on Amazon, go ahead and use that card because there ain't better than that, considering you don't have to pay a fee, and it's done through Chase. Blue Cash Everyday Card by American Express earned 3% at supermarkets, up to $6,000 per year in purchases, 2% at gas stations, and a couple department stores, 2%, plus 1% on other purchases. And that's not bad. So, you have your blue cash for certain things. Target's got a red card. Now, this is incredibly wrong of me to say, because Target's been hacked and credit card data has been breached, but their red card ties into your banking account. It's a debit card, basically. And you get 5% off. That's enormous. Think how much you spend in retail per year. Getting 5% back, and here's the kicker. When you get it back... Get it back. So every three, six, nine months, I say I want my money back because it's in points. Now, points is an electronic currency, in my opinion, where you have to ask for it and they'll issue cash. But it's in points. And terms of points can change. And that's interesting to note because a lot of people are like, well, I've got the um, – another one that I like is the Capital One Quicksilver Cash Rewards credit card where you can earn 1.5% cash back on all purchases with no expiration date. So – Look at that as an automatic savings plan. If your company's doing 3% match and your credit card company's giving 1.5%, you're already getting 4.5% free cash. Like, to get to that 15% of saving, it's a little bit easier. Now, the Blue Cash Preferred Card by American Express for groceries, you know, again, if you could start thinking of that, that's 6% back on supermarket purchases, 3% at gas stations. That's a stunning number. Now, some of these cards you have to pay for, and that takes away. But again, if you put everything on them, pay them off every two weeks, I, I think you could do pretty well. The last one that I'll throw out there for the smaller spenders is the Chase Freedom card. It's a $100 bonus cash back. You get 5% cash back on up to $1,500 in combined purchases in three designated categories that rotate every three months. If you take a look at the categories, maybe it, it appeals to you. I, not to me. A little too gimmicky for me. Um, I don't know. So don't be afraid to use credit cards. Just pay them off every two weeks. And again, if I could put my mortgage on a credit card, I probably would. But I, 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 I can't. Not that I know of.
Not that I'm going to share with you. Anyhow, I think you see where I'm going at with this. One of the scenarios that we talk about regularly on financial radio is retirement and the markets. And unfortunately, one of the things we do very, very wrong, in my opinion, is we tend to lump it all together like, hey, market, what's up? Good day for me. Now, for someone who's 20, market being up, it's a bad day for them because they didn't get into the market. So now they're going to be chasing performance. So perspective in the floating opera that is the stock market is critical. Um, I believe most of our problems in the world are the baby boomers. They're the ones in Congress now. And their generation didn't really have anything, but they leveraged it all. It's 130% true. And they buried the generations underneath them in massive U.S. debt. So I don't hate baby boomers, but I blame baby boomers. It's all about perspective. If you're a boomer, you're like, woohoo, we're the greatest generation ever. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Big event coming up in Pleasanton a couple Thursdays from now. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This high-speed police chase has ended in Concord. In the sp- For stocks from Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. So hard to shed the life of before, to let my soul automatically so but I You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. I do the morning shows on KDOW from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. drive time. You can find a podcast of it at KDOW.biz or at iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. I sit in for CFP Chad Burton and his show, New Focus on Wealth, pretty regularly. Uh, on days that he has to conduct business, um, I get it. His show is my favorite show on the station for one reason. He's a financial planner, certified financial planner, who doesn't sensationalize. It could be a little dry at times for me. For you, it is honestly like a college 100 lesson in financial planning. I think some of the concepts sometimes could be a little bit too much. But not for his lack of trying to help. Um, I think at times he gives away too much information. Uh, A lot of people on the station are clearly doing it to have business relationships and to create business relationships. It's a way of marketing. I've given up on, you know, uh, sensationalism. My goal is to get you to retirement. You know, I'll do it sometimes where I'll talk to Susie Orman. And uh, clearly she's a horse. And that just sounds a lot like her, but it's not really her in studio. (laughs) Oddly enough, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and I have a similar conversation. Sarah, say hi. Well, okay, I I think we should flip those. I think Sarah should be the horse and Sue should be the cow. Yes, Sue's is now the cow. 
Um, in large part, Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker has a horsey face. She's on, she's on the cover of some uh, fashion magazine right now. And honestly, when I look at it, I jump back in fright. It honestly makes me, me it scares me, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, so anyway, the point being is we all approach this differently. Try to watch out for sensationalism. Um, we don't need it in our lives. I'm not a big fan of divorce attorneys because we don't need them in California. Now, maybe in your state you do. You can't win in California. So there's no sense in, you know, battling each other and taking each other down. There's no term like, um, you know, she cheated on me. I'm going to get everything. It's all math in California. And you can love that or hate that about California. Um, divorce mediation is the way to go. And here's what you say. You know, you get over your period. One of you cheats on the other. One of you spends too much money than the other. You get over it. I've got a friend who's not legally married. But they've been in a relationship long enough. And, you know, they're, they're in law. Uh, they're um, common law. They've done it long enough that they've shared assets. Uh, and what's crazy is he hides money from her. At some point in time... Go to divorce mediation. They will help you get the right people, um, including a financial investigator, because if he's hiding money, it's going to be found. Even if he's squirreling it away, uh, questions will be brought up, and that's good. Anyway, where do I go with this? I don't even know where I go with this. Um, So always look at the different shows for different reasons, and, and try to figure it out. You know... To say that real estate always goes up is ignorant. All real estate's not created the same. To say that real estate in London and San Francisco is likely to go up for the foreseeable future, maybe that makes a little bit of sense because there's so many buyers and so few properties. But it doesn't mean that those prices hold. I was talking to a realtor yesterday in, in North Carolina in the Raleigh-Durham area. And you know, she, it was interesting. She said, our market right now, there's high demand for rentals. So that's not much of a problem. There's not really a lot of high demand for housing, and no one really thinks housing is going to get back to where it was in 2006 for a long time. Now, that's Raleigh, North Carolina, which is right next to Duke, which is right next to NC State, which is right next to UNC. Three really good areas of jobs, all within 45 miles of each other. Three areas of great restaurants, as great as you can get for a place where you can bring a hog in to sit with you while you eat barbecue. So you could still smoke cigarettes in some restaurants. Uh, but the idea that you can bring a farm animal in with you tells you that it's a good restaurant. If you can bring in Sui. Um, so always look for angles. And, you know, be honest with yourself. Real estate doesn't always go up. I was talking to someone yesterday from San Jose. And uh, she's got an apartment that she paid $550,000 for. And someone just listed an apartment right next to hers for $650,000. She's like, no way is it going to get that. And I'm like, there actually is a way because of the low interest rates and because of the job market. And, you know, there's, at this point in time, some people just see it as a cost of living and not necessarily, quote, unquote, an investment. It's really difficult to strip yourself away from motivations of people. Does it deserve that price in the long term? No. But can it maintain it for the short term? Absolutely. Uh, Americans bought pet rocks in the 1970s. We are not 
the smartest nation. You are not guaranteed, uh, you know, accreditation for never making a mistake as a group. With that said, I should start to wrap up. Um, back to the real estate in San Jose. Higher interest rates are going to take out people's purchasing power. But higher interest rates should be accompanied with better jobs and more jobs. In theory, that's why the feds would raise borrowing costs and they would stop tapering, which has helped make lower mortgage costs. But go play with the number like 550000 600000 Just do $400,000 at 3.5%, 4.5%, 5.5%, and see if the affordability declines dramatically or not in your eyeballs. I bet it will. And we are trending towards higher rates, even though we've got one reprieve to uh, market mortgage lows again, which is fantastic recently. Anyhow, have a good day. Take care. Find me online at robblack.com. Big seminar coming up in Pleasanton. You can learn more at robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hey, everybody. Rachel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.